This is Cody Ray Miller, and you're listening to the Dude Fuel Podcast. If you are a regular listener to the Dude Fuel Podcast, you know that I have really gotten into yoga and the philosophy of yoga um, just in the second half of this year. And so I've been learning a lot about craving and aversion. I've done podcasts on these topics. Today I wanted to talk very specifically about craving and, and how tricky and dangerous craving really is. So first of all, you know, let's define it. What is craving? Well, it's that lust, that greed, that strong desire for something. It could be anything, right? We all have things that we crave. And of course, we use this in a casual sense as well, like, hmm, I'm craving Mexican food tonight, right? But in a a more serious uh, way, when we're in a state of craving something, it's a state of, 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 of strong, strong desire to the point that, you know, depending on the person and, and the craving, could make that person do some pretty incredible, pretty awful maybe, things to get what they want. So one of the most basic cravings that I think most people have that I've identified in myself is the craving for life the desire to continue living. Now look, understand, a desire to continue living is healthy, okay? Somebody who desires not to be alive anymore, they need to get some help. They need some a new perspective, right? Because, uh, you know, it sounds to me like they're probably battling depression and there may be some suicidal ideation there as well, right? So, uh, people who don't, you know, have a desire to live, people who don't have... Uh, you know, a sort of zest for life, like they don't enjoy life um, and understand how wonderful it is. That's a different thing. That's not what we're talking about today. What we're talking about today is the craving for life, the desire to keep living in the face of anything, the fear of death, of being gone. And so this strong craving to live, I think arises in all of us throughout our lives, right? I know for me, uh, when I was seven, going through all that I went through, um, when they discovered that, uh, doctors discovered that I had a genetic heart uh, abnormality, I had to go through, you know, open heart surgery at seven and a pacemaker put in, I had to have two, um, pretty serious eye surgeries as well. And then another follow-up open heart surgery at 13, which is about six years later, right? Um, those were very serious things that led me to a, a place of, of fearing death because I think I was confronted with death at such a young age that to, to me, it felt like I just got here, right? It felt like I, I like life and I want to keep living. And so the thought of death and of not being, of not existing anymore was absolutely terrifying to me. And so then through my 20s, I battled with anxiety and panic attacks that were uh, rooted in this fear of death, really. They were rooted in, um, uh, or I was experiencing health anxiety, which is like, you know, hypochondriasis, right? I was a hypochondriac. And, um, and, and quite, quite severely, actually, I mean, I, I masked it and hid it to a, a great extent because I was ashamed of it. I didn't want anybody to know that that was the particular place I was at in my life. 
And so every now and then I've done a lot of work with with myself to overcome my anxiety and my panic attacks. And I've done a pretty good job. But every now and then I have a moment of severe health anxiety where something feels wrong in my body. And the first thing I tend to jump to is my heart. If anything at all feels like it might be related to my heart, I get a little nervous and people will say, well, rightly so, right? You have this history of heart issues. And uh, so uh, I I had one of those experiences not too long ago. And uh, I wanted to share that experience with you because what happened to me was just me feeling something different in my body, different in my chest. And it was probably related to my yoga routine, you know, some stretching that I've been doing which has provided tremendous benefit for me. And my doctor's okay, you know, with me uh, uh, doing yoga. In fact, my doctor says, you know, yoga and Tai Chi is great. Those are the types of things I should be doing because I can't play contact sports and I shouldn't become like a power lifter. So it's strongly recommended by my doctor, right? It's totally within the guidelines of what I should be doing. And yet, you know, sometimes I do feel these weird sensations in my body as we all do. And, you know, we've, we've strained our body a little bit. Um, I shouldn't even say strain, but you know, we've put our body through, through exercise and with exercise comes consequences, you know, a little bit of soreness and this and that. So not too long ago, I had this experience where I felt something a little different in my chest area and that freaked me out. And then normally what would happen is I'd have a full-blown panic attack. It would begin to escalate, you know, to feel weird and the weird feeling would spread. And then as I get freaked out about it with adrenaline and stuff, that feeling would just get worse and worse. It just get more and more amplified, right? So thankfully, I've been very good at, at tackling my health anxiety when it arises now. And the way that I did that, I was reading an article and a doctor was saying that if you have health anxiety, you have to confront the reality of the situation. The reality is one day you will die. You have to confront this. You have to be honest about it. Okay. Um, So you have to confront that reality. And then you have to say what I'm feeling in my body, you know, could be, you have to be rational. It could be a sign that something is seriously wrong. Let me remain calm and evaluate how I'm feeling. Evaluate what's going on with my body. Do I have any other symptoms? Right? listening to your body and evaluating what's going on. And then look, at some point, he was talking about heart attack in particular. He said, you know, at some point you just have to say, look, I'm either going to continue to live with my health anxiety and think I'm having a heart attack every other day, right? Or I'm going to have to get to a place where when I think I'm having a heart attack, I say, you know what? I could be having a heart attack right now. And if I am, How am I going to be okay with that? How am I going to deal with that? And so uh, when I had this experience uh, recently, I had to confront that, right? Felt something weird in my chest and I had to say, you know what? Something could be wrong. Could be an aortic dissection, you know, could be a heart attack, could be this or that, right? Whatever the case may be, something could be wrong. I could collapse right here, right here and right now. And if that were to happen, I just asked myself, would I be okay with the life that I've lived? And I, I was, I was okay with it. I was like, look, I don't want to die. I don't want to leave because I, I enjoy my life very much. 
But through the practice of yoga, I'm moving into this new place that is is so foreign to me because of the um, tradition that I was raised in, and you know, just because of the the influences and impacts that I had um, when I was younger. And I'm moving into uh, a place of understanding what it means to extinguish desire. Um, which is not just a, a concept in yoga, but also in Buddhism. And uh, Buddhism and yoga are, you know, their hi- histories are are intertwined, right? And so uh, I'm reading a terrific book that I've mentioned before on here, The Wisdom of Yoga by Stephen Cope. And he does a great job of showing how the traditions of, of Buddhism and yoga, the yogic um, tradition and philosophy, you know, how they I- integrate and so this idea of, you know, liberation is what it's called in yoga and uh, nirvana or, you know, extinguishing desire is what it's called in, in Buddhism. Um, it's a foreign concept to me, uh, quite literally, <laughs> and, uh, and foreign to my mind with how I was raised as well. But in looking at those two uh, very similar traditions, they both talk about you know, getting rid of those those cravings, you know, the desire for something, uh, and, and that even goes for life. Now, again, as I've said at the start here, somebody could take this and twist it in a really awful way. I'm not talking about somebody who doesn't, you know, want to be alive. Uh, I don't think that's what we're talking about at all with liberation or nirvana. But rather what we're talking about is having you know extinguishing that craving for life like that you're always hungry for more life you want more 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 and the and here's the problem with craving right with craving you never get enough i mean think about anything absolutely anything that you crave okay and i might draw a distinction between craving and desire but something you have that strong urge for you know um look at an alcoholic You know, are they ever going to get enough alcohol? Look at a drug addict. Are they ever going to get that hit, right? Are they ever going to get that high that they're chasing? Then they say, oh, now this is the high, so I never need to use drugs ever again. Of course not, right? That is not how it works. In the same way, we can do this with food. We can do this with sex. We can do this with exercise. I mean, we can do this with pretty much anything. And we can even do it with life. With life itself, we can live in such a way so that we just desire, desire, desire more life. To the point that we could have a million years, right? We could live for a million years, and if we didn't do something about this craving for life, we would always want one more day. We would always want that million and and one, right? We would always want a little bit extra on top. You say, oh, well, I want to live a good life. I want to live to be 80, 90, 100. But then think about that when you reach 80, 90, or 100, right? Unless you get rid of this craving for life, you know, this strong desire that you just want one more day here, you're going to want more continually. It's a very odd thing about craving that it, there's just no cessation. There's no end to craving through craving, I should say, right? Because this is what yoga and Buddhism are all about, is how do we get, how do we deal with this? How do we extinguish or get rid of that type of craving? So 
What this looks like to me, and, and I know everybody's at a different place in life, so for some people this might sound really weird, you might be really freaked out by this, you're like, I don't understand what he's talking about, extinguishing the craving and the desire to live. But if, if you're at a place where you can accept it, I think, you know, here's what it looks like. You accept the present moment and you rejoice and experience joy from the life that you have lived. You acknowledge openly that one day you're going to die. You know that's a certainty, you know it's coming, and you accept and acknowledge that that is a good thing. Now that's where I think you know the, the struggle is for a lot of people. Because we think, oh no, we wanna keep living and we wanna keep living and we wanna keep living. But when you look around at our universe, nothing just keeps living, okay? And I think that's for a reason. If nothing else, it should just inform us about the ways of the universe, right? But stars burn out and die. You know, planets eventually are gone. And, you know, likewise, the cells of our bodies are constantly dying and being replenished. And this is a good cycle that keeps us healthy, right? We experience disease when the cells of our body say, I'm not going to die, I'm going to keep living and keep reproducing, right? This is what we call cancer. I mean, literally, this is cancer. When for one reason or another, this rogue cell says, I'm not going to die. I'm not going to experience death. Rather, I'm going to keep living and I'm going to keep dividing. And then you get a mass, you get a tumor, right? And uh, those tumors, cancerous cells, you know, they continue to divide and so forth and so on. And so when you look at just about everything in our universe, death is a part of life. You know, there's life and there's death. There's beginning and there's end. And if we're not okay with that, and if we can't accept that, I'm not telling you it's easy. I'm not telling you that I've achieved it, but that I think it's a noble goal and it's something that I am working toward and moving toward in my own life. And so that's exactly what I did was standing up to the fear that was generated recently um, and, and just saying, you know what? If this is my time to go, it's not what I want, it's not my desire, but I'm at peace with it. I'm at peace with it because I'm living a great life. I'm living my best life every single day. I'm doing my best, I'm growing. I'm not taking my life for granted. And so maybe that's a good question for us to end on today. Are you taking your life for granted or are you living your life intentionally every single day. Look, I'm not living my life intentionally every single moment. I don't know that anyone is, right? Maybe that's a noble goal to be mindful all the time, conscious all the time, aware all the time. Again, sounds a lot like yoga and Buddhism, right? But, you know, certainly the the general thrust of my life is one of intentionality, understanding what a precious gift this life is, and knowing for certain that one day my life will be over and I don't get to pick. I don't get to choose when that will be or how that will be, right? So when my time uh, comes, all I can do when my time comes is to experience that present moment and to reflect on my life and to say, have I lived a good life, a life in accordance with what I uh, believe to be good uh, with, you know, uh, good intentions, with, um, you know, conscious awareness, uh, consideration for other people, all those noble good things that we would all agree on. Have I lived my life that way? And if so, 
then you know so be it and in that way you don't experience the craving for life because i'm telling you friends if you're just like no i want one more day i want one more day i want one more day one more day will never be enough you'll always be stuck in a cycle of wanting one more day and another after that another after that another after that it's only when you actually deal with the craving itself that you then come to a place where you say i'm content in the present with what happens um, it's a pretty amazing thing. And so with this, I leave you tonight. <laughs> oh, it's night time for me. I don't know when you're listening. This could be my last podcast. This could be the last podcast that I ever make. This could be the last podcast that you ever listen to. So accept the reality that life has a beginning and an end. Reflect on your life. Have you lived your life the way you want to live? Not a perfect life. No, nobody can do that, okay? But have you lived a life in accordance with your values? And if not, what are some changes you can make as soon as possible, knowing that the end might be right around the corner? Can you accept that? Can you embrace it? And can you extinguish this craving and desire for life to be okay with when your time comes? Hey, look. Our bodies are borrowed from the earth anyway, right? Borrowed from the universe. I don't own this body. This body is something that, you know, belongs to the universe as much as anything else. I am just one expression out of countless expressions of the universe, right? So I am, you know, uh, a, um, a construction of, of the, of the, uh, uh what should I say, of the ingredients of the universe, of the the substance of the universe. That's what I am. And I can't always be here. I won't always be here. Um, and it's just foolish to crave one more day. If we live our lives that way, we truly live our lives just like a cancer. Our life becomes a cancer. It's a life where we're only focused on ourselves and prolonging our li- our own lives, right? Um, and I just don't think that's the way to live. Take that for what it's worth, you know, evaluate it. If it helps you, if it's good for you, take it, accept it, uh, you know, integrate it. And if not, uh, as I often say, throw it away if it isn't helpful to you. But uh, as always, you know, this podcast is dedicated to you and to your success. I hope today's given you some real food for thought. Uh, and I'd love for you to reach out and let me know what you think about this episode um, and, you know, how you feel about this issue of craving, specifically craving for life. So uh, thank you so much for listening. I'm Cody Ray Miller, uh, and I look forward to speaking with you again if I'm able and if the universe allows tomorrow.